Hi, listener. This is From Ideology to Unity, a spiritual journey where we let go of ideological doctrine and ego in favor of meaning, purpose, and unity as a whole. Today, I'm with Eric Fontaine of the Yardio podcast. Hi, Eric. How are you doing today? Hey, Nick. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. So I made sure to um, meditate before this. So I find that helps yeah. <laughs> get my mind in the right state. So what's your what's your routine? Yeah, I should have. I skipped meditation today. <laughs> yeah, I, I when I um, when I skip it, I, I can feel the difference. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Well, I traded meditation for extra sleep this morning, so <laughs> they're not really interchangeable, but um I typically get my my daily meditative state um in the shower, if I'm being honest. You know, I take about a 30 minute shower, just take some time to really clear my mind, think about nothing in particular, and just kind of get to that, that calm, even state. And, you know, it's interesting. It's pretty much like clockwork. That's the time of day that I get some of my key realizations and really the best ideas kind of come out during that time. So, what about you? Uh, honestly, mostly, well, um, at one point I was consistently, I started doing it every day in the morning. It's, it's this interesting resistance where I think it's your ego, actually, doesn't want you to meditate sometimes on some level, on a subconscious yeah. level, right? And so you feel this resistance to it, even though it feels really fantastic to do it, right? So, yeah. And it, sometimes I feel this urge to just get on with stuff, or there's always this temptation of these interesting videos I could watch, maybe about spirituality or something, that I could just look at that uh, instead of just, or just work I could get on with, you know, preparing for the next interview and stuff. Um, and it, but yeah, when I actually make sure to meditate in the morning, or at least later in that day, it helps because this is I get this I get these a lot of, you know, racing thoughts and stuff. Uh, I mean I've I've been diagnosed with ADHD. I mean I don't want to be stuck with that ideology, no, no that uh, identity, because you know what it's like when because how you view yourself determines your reality to some extent, right? But yeah, yeah, it's that. There's also there's a. I get more anxiety when I don't meditate. It because you know, but sometimes it's not always a problem to have negative emotion come up, in my opinion, because at least it's an opportunity for you to let it go if you respond to it right. So what is it like? What is it like for you when you get these negative emotions bubbling up? How do you sponsor it? Yeah, I mean, same thing. We are, we're as complex as we want to make things. I think we're simple creatures. Like we're complex, but also simple at the same time. Like the key functions, our body lets us know, <clears throat> excuse me, our body lets us know what we need to do. So when we start getting anxious and worked up and overwhelmed like it's time to chill out 
you know, and we live in a, a natural environment where we have access to constant stimulus. And there's other factors you could go into, like, you know, the light from the TV or a computer screen or a phone, um, you know, interferes with our body's natural circadian rhythms, our sleep patterns, and it, it disturbs you in a way that you may not be totally conscious of that could be causing some of those negative effects. But I think like you're hungry, eat, you're tired, sleep. And some of the gray areas like understanding these seemingly minor things that could be having that, that big negative impact overall. So for me, I, I tend to get worked up if I'm working too much, if I'm getting too much screen time, you know, and I recognize that I basically do a detox, if you want to call it that. I step away from the phone, the computer, the TV, everything. And um, I'll either do something else that I have to do or spend time playing with my son or doing going for a walk, doing anything to get some movement and get away from whatever it is I feel could be triggering that state. So I think just with respect to our natural behavior patterns and the natural order of things, that's really the key to getting back on track. And, you know, it's interesting that meditation is a thing that we do because I just, in my mind, I, I like to revert back to a pre-industrial state for for mankind like what would we be doing if we weren't in this suburban or urban type of industrialized environment we would probably be doing a good bit of walking there would probably be quite a bit of silence and alone time you know like when you're living uh, more of a subsistence farming or um you know, small community type of life or setting, you see things, we, we've evolved that way. So when you step away from that, I think that's when you have a lot of the issues. So I always try to go back to that mentally first and say, what, what might I be doing more of in terms of how we evolve naturally? Yeah, I, I would largely agree with you. <clears throat> Though we're both interested in the law of one, right? So have you had the theory yeah, that so, um, aliens basically took that aspect of the different DNA from different species and sort of that we've got the DNA of different aliens within us, right? Yeah. And that they guided evolution or they took a certain species, maybe Neanderthals or whatever, right? And they changed the DNA or even that maybe just... Actually, in this book I'm reading at the moment, The Synchronicity Key, uh, it suggested that... Actually, no, no. I don't know if it... No, I don't think it did say it. I'm not sure if it did say it or not. But there's this idea that it's like there are these waves that come over the galaxy, right? Over certain periods of time, every now and then. And it's like they're... 
there's this idea of punctuated evolution that evolution seems to happen in big steps rather than all gradually and that it seems to be synchronized with these waves coming over the galaxy I'm not giving very I'm not giving a very good explanation, but basically, it's like they're waves of creation and change. That and apparently, okay, apparently, like according to Law One, like we we became modern humans, like with bigger brains, over like two generations while living, like living metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. So one way or the other, whether that happened or there was aliens genetically modifying us. The idea that at a certain point, I mean, our evolution was interfered with. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah. I th- well, I think at this point, that's more of a, a scientific fact. So there's, there's a weird gap, and it's very small now, but there's a weird gap between modern scientific understanding and ancient history. Um, the, tra- the transcriptions throughout ancient history, whether we're talking about pyramids, emerald tablets, Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, we have quite a bit of remnants, though they're fragmented. We have quite a bit of remnants that tells us that advanced beings came from outside of this earth and genetically modified. They even, they even have uh, etched in stone d- human DNA that's actual, you know, what we would think of a depiction of DNA, the double helix, the double uh, helix structure and all that. They have these things and spread out through certain monuments. You have, um, you know, stargates in the middle of the desert, you know, doors to nowhere essentially. But when they're transcribed, they explain that, you know, the so-called gods, or however you want to refer to them, um, would use these stargates. They would activate them and travel from to other worlds. Was this an ancient so aliens? This ancient aliens has covered it, but it's it's much. It goes much further than it, than that show. Um, and you know, I used to love ancient aliens because it was kind of the only thing of its kind. There wasn't. It was either that or some <laughs> some super corny sci-fi, I don't know, UFO abduction or sighting, like Sorry. not even a B movie, just like a, a just almost like a homemade movie. It was either that or Ancient Aliens. So I used to be a huge fan and no shade to them, but they're on a major network, so they don't really get to get anywhere. They don't get to. It's all speculation. What about so. Stargate? That's do you want? Yeah, I mean, that's you can see real information tied into the show, I, I would say. I haven't seen all of like the new reboot of it, but um, I mean, it seems all right. I, I haven't really watched it, but I think all this stuff is influenced in some part by truth. Now, again, that doesn't mean that. The fictional show is like a documentary. They make a movie out of it. They make a they make a show out of it, a movie out of it, and they they add some fictional fun to it. But I think at the core of the 
the idea or inspiration of the show is truth. Now let's get into one fact, which is we're the only creature on earth with a fused chromosome. So our last chromosome is actually fused. And it, that's scientists, geneticists point at that as living proof of genetic modification. So it appears that all the ancient accounts of us having been modified by the, the hominid DNA that was on this planet with, in some part, DNA of uh, advanced beings seems to be a feasible um, hypothesis, at least. So this gets even weirder from there, but um, in short, we have an abundance of evidence that suggests that that's exactly what happened. Right. And um, there's something I want to mention here, which is in this book, Dave by Dave Wilcock, The Synchronicity Key, in the first chapter, he's describing how they've got these experiments where they get one, they got one um, vial of um, water and they put DNA in it. And the other, they didn't put DNA in. And they, um, and they zapped it with electricity, smaller electricity. And when they came back, one of them had grown a bit of DNA, right? Because it had started DNA and like more grew, right? Yeah. The other one started out with nothing but water and had DNA in it. But that's... <laughs> water is a living substance. Right, but the DNA, the, the molecules that make it up, require more than H2O. Right. So was it the same DNA in both of them? Or I, I can't remember what? that detail. But they found that yeah, I mean life starts anywhere that there's water. Right, but it gets weirder because they took away the DNA from there. Because you no, know, basically they found this this the DNA automatically starts moving. Oh, shit. No, I've I've got to read this out. I, I know it's like me reading out at you, but this is just I was going to do a solo cast about this at some point, but like um, this stuff is just like amazing. It's like so, something from nothing, basically. Kind of, yeah. But basically, if you take it away, okay, so they naturally absorb photons towards themselves and they naturally move towards, DNA moves up towards similar DNA over the equivalent, relatively, of huge distances. And so basically it automatically starts growing and healing or whatever. And if you take away the DNA and this is the spiral of photons stays in that form for like, for like 48 days or something like that. And it's like, they've found, they found the, they found microbes perfectly evolved to to live in high radiation conditions and to feed off the radiation in a nuclear uh, reactor that was completely sealed with no mm. life in it and it spontaneously appeared and they have no, no explanation for how it appeared well the reactors also <clears throat> goes back to 
the reactors also contain water. You know, so there water might be a key, yeah, uh, feature here. Where there's water, there's life, and that's I get. I hear what you're saying, and I think I think it's absolutely true. Like we can't make sense of this from our current from our currently evolved understanding. We think we know everything, but we know next to nothing. Yeah, and, and that's science. the most important thing to realize. It's like we. <laughs> We don't know nothing. You know nothing, yeah. you know nothing John. Yeah. Right. We don't even know. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how far we can actually like speak confidently on in terms of human history. Yeah, not very I, far. Like not even a hundred years back, let alone you know from the dawn of of man to. And to then now. there's this, then there's this whole thing about people talking about um, deluges, right? And they're claiming that oh, vast ways of the history are made up and changed. I don't necessarily buy into that per se, although I do think that, you know, there's like Atlantis and stuff. Like before. Yeah, we're definitely missing a bunch, like the bulk of it. <laughs> also, like apparently, like, um, I'll read this out. New science tells us that the universe is constantly conspiring to make bio new, new biological life wherever and however it can, even in the most utterly unhispitable places. In any given area of the universe, these hidden microgravitational waves will begin gathering atoms and molecules together that make DNA. The waves build uh, whatever life forms that naturally thrive in the area, beginning with single cell and organisms. Amazingly, British, British astronomers Sir Fred Hoyle and Dr. Nalin Chandra Wickram Sandinki, I, I can't pronounce that correctly, found that 99.9% .9 of all the dust floating around in our galaxy is free dried bacteria. I mean, that, that, that's like, what, what? So Fred Hoyle revealed full implications of this new discovery. Um, right, so basically a lot of this, these two things I've been talking about, like it hasn't been revealed. Like yeah. the mainstream scientists, the media, the media doesn't talk about it. It's because they can't explain it yet. I'm not allowed that's, to, as well. That's yeah. what I think. Uh, but no one likes to, like, no one publishes a book when it's half written, you know. So they like to play the all-knowing, you know, respective source. We have all the answers. We know how it works. But when you break it down, you get down to it. They don't, you know, there's a lot of missing information. There's a lot. Like, let's take something kind of related to this in that um, there's several species of primate that have been observed in real-time evolution. Like we've talked about <clears throat> how it seems to happen in waves and in real time. And, <clears throat> excuse me. So some of these primates have evolved on their own, like without human interference, to begin fashioning tools, using tools. For a long time, they've used rocks and things to like break open shells or, um, you know, even at, at weaponize rocks and, and objects like that. But now, literally, some of these primate species are starting to hunt with spears 
Really now? In the water. There's yeah, a new there's... wave coming over us now. That's what I yes. think is going on. Yes. I mean, and this is this about... may even be like eight months or or more old. Oh. Um, right. Well, there's this stuff like about this ago, but... light coming from the center of the galaxy that people are talking about. And the kind of claim it's going to hit on the 21st of December. But the truth is that, hmm. and there's also this galactic um, plane. And we've kind of gone on over to, over to the other side of it um, very recently. I, and basically, we've got into an area where it's um, a lot of cosmic rays coming our way. Yeah. And it seems to me that the idea that these waves come out repeatedly from the, the center of the galaxy. And I think if you think about the law of one, there's probably a high density being, maybe seventh density or something, like creating that having creation wield conscious creation out through the whole galaxy and yeah. every time it happens there are changes um it's like and that's what we're going through as well thought forms yeah have you noticed that cats sometimes start acting like humans when they're around you they start acting they're like they're acting egotistical or whatever or jealous of other cats and stuff Right. Okay. <laughs> I've got a theory about this. So you know we're going up to from third density to fourth density, right? Yeah. If they're going from third density to fourth, right? And if going to fourth density for us means that our heart chakra becomes much more activated, uh, then for them that means their this is green ray, the yellow ray chakra is the one being activated, which they'll start maybe start acting in in some of them the more advanced ones will start acting in more yellow ray ways right yeah. and that's my theory and if they start acting like egotistical assholes more than cats normally do then that's showing they're actually ascending that's my theory yeah that could be you know i go back to a quote from uh ralph waldo emerson and it's I don't even remember the entire thing, but this one part stuck out to me where he says, even the worm strives to be man. So it's like he had, he had some concept of this evolutionary chain of the, the soul or the spirit from literally the smallest organism all the way up to the pinnacle of being man. And now we, as being in that state, we can even look and see a step further than that on how we might, you know, ascend to a, maybe a non-physical form um, and a higher level of existence. Right, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, have you heard about, so I'm sure you've heard about Nietzsche's idea of the Superman or the Ubermensch. Yeah. as being as much the the comparison would be as we are to monkeys like they are to us yeah that's the way you put it basically and a lot of people think you know some people obviously interpret it in a racial way but uh, mm. when you read it i don't think like, that it, that does, it doesn't seem like that's what he's talking about no. at all he's no. about I think a more high level of consciousness that's what he seems yeah. to be talking about and yeah. he's talking about people who get very sucked up in the sort of their egos, basically. He doesn't put it that way, but that, that's what he's talking about in Thus Spoke Here with Thus Thustra. And 
and he's this preacher who's trying to tell people about how it really is like about the superman and they're just like they're not listening so what he does is he tells them about the the last man and he's like look there will come a time where i I thought the quote directly at hand but like i could actually look in the book but i'm I'm not going to there'll come a time where it's basically it's like a honestly what he basically goes ahead and does is describe what a lot of us are like now is it basically self-absorbed self-righteous and like and stuff like that um i'm I'm not giving a very good explanation of it but I, i have a theory for that i think i think we've been corralled into uh the trap the trappings of comfort within our society Um, in an attempt to trigger sort of a uh, de-evolved state because we were like skyrocketing in the right direction. Yeah. And now there's like an injection of all of these uh, dopamine uh, triggering activities and substances like from the food everything food drink entertainment everything it's, it's all connected designed. right yeah it starts it's, in the 19th century or earlier let's go to the 19th century like they started out with certain products actually and basically yeah we've just given this for example the internet is a double-edged sword because on one hand i wonder if they deliberately tried to use the internet at first to actually get us hooked on it or something I, I don't know but essentially we've become very short-termist very reliant on watching tv or getting getting these or in food or medicine getting these fixes mm. getting this pleasure from various sources and they don't want us to have open our hearts and be empathetic so much but rather i mean if you look at what pornography has been like i mean a lot of it's it's heartless it's not romantic. It's not like loving stuff. It's no, and it's, it's not that, meant to be. It's that desire, but without a heart. It's just the base instinct, just like the low, low bottom three chakras. Everything goes is down to the trying, red, bottom one. Everything is trying to throw us off the evolutionary path <clears throat> to our higher self. Now, right. there's there's a bigger Every- question. It's like. Who and your your audio kind of is tuning out just a little bit. Sounds real low, um, but so the bigger question I have, and maybe some who are listening right now are wondering, who who would want to do this I and why? Have an answer. I refer I to hear. Alex Jones and David Icke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, yeah, I don't who think are there the globalists, global... right? Okay, That's... well, there's different levels of it, right? Because there's yeah. this whole pyramid. So, well, I'd think, say. Hold on. First question: Do you think they're even human? At the at the pinnacle of everything going on right now, is this human influence or potentially something else? It's a combination, because I think they're a service to self humans who, whether they own and know completely or not are very their whole purpose in life is to sort of aid their own evolution as a soul by 
just being completely self-interested. Now, these beings don't might not even give a fuck if humans go extinct, as long as they get what they want short term. And if that means they, and on a soul level, maybe they're trying to serve the self, so they're trying to send the other way, up, you know, the serves the self path. Or maybe they're, they're just, they get caught up in trying to gain things for themselves or their psychopaths, and they don't know the full picture. But in any case, and Bill Gates is someone who's got very, very ambitious and was probably manipulated along the way, but also has a lot of responsibility. People like that, then there's the Rothschilds, and there's certain families in what's something called the Cabal, or the, you could call it the Illuminati, or apparently the thirteen families of them, and and maybe. So I suspect that. Then there's the whole thing about people talk about people being possessed or like uh, uh, these um, yeah. these uh, <laughs> beings, right? Negative beings. Yeah, that's where you have people. Why does it always go to that? You know, it's like at the highest level, it seems that fear is the greatest tool. It seems There's like fear, control, but fear is ultimately the root of all the rest, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, what it comes down to is that people who are serves the self fundamentally, I believe that what it is, there's a fundamental dishonesty with the set with themselves and a fundamental fear, the rule by fear that might put on the facade of, oh, that they're, they're strong, that they're, they're, they're doing it out of, um, you know, they're, 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 they're stronger, right? That. But really, it's kind of like they're scared of. Well, actually, I'm going a tangent. So I think there's this whole pyramid, the cabal, and then there's these, the head of the the thirteen families, right? Heads of that, and but above that, basically manipulating all the whole thing, you get reptilians and negative energy beings, maybe fifth density or something. I, I don't know. Now, I, I, yeah, and I know it sounds crazy to most people, but whatever. Like, I, I've, it seems to make sense to me, honestly. Well, it's more than just. There's more, and I'm sorry. I've got like something's going on down the street. I I can hear some beeping. I don't know. If you, can you hear that? I can hear it. I assume it's technology. I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like too loud because it's kind of loud on my end. Um, so there's there's different types of advanced life according to the ancient archaeology, the ancient history that we have. Like in one of those stargates that I mentioned earlier, that's in like the middle of the desert. <laughs> um, on along the stargate, there's a wall. And there's a wall depicting somewhere in the range of like 50 different types of human-like species. A lot of them look like us. And then you have like some reptilian in there, a, a couple reptilian faces. And um, I think there was one that kind of resembled the traditional head of the gray that we would think of, like right. the sci-fi alien profile. And then there were several others, you know, most of them looked human-like. We um, look alien. Actually, we look like them. That's my theory. 
Right, right. Yeah. But rather, the source <laughs> likes to create beings of a certain sort of template. That's yeah, but I, I think the most interesting part was that there were so many, first of all, and that's pretty old. So, I mean, that's whoever was interacting and established in some way at that time, right? So there could be like infinitely more spread across the universe. But so there were somewhere in the, in the likes of 50 different types. And it was um, almost like a, that that's, that's what the wall was describing, that this was some sort of international or intergalactic, if you will, um, way of transportation and they had all these representations of in what we would refer to as intelligent life so it, that just kind of tripped me out it's like people hear reptilians and they think okay come on do you know conspiracy theory this and that but why do we have ancient depictions of reptilian humanoid right. beings i'll tell you something um so the, the theory goes that there's reptilians that have been living underground for a long time but I'm curious what you think as a response, because my brother actually, he actually made a very good, asked me a very good question, which was, if they're underground reptilians and they need light, how do they survive? And I think I've got an answer, but I want to see your answer. Yeah, so you brought up a good point. Let me start with this, just to, just to give a little prehistory on this theory. So... Back to, I always go back to ancient history because it's so rich with information. I mean, it's all we've got at the end of the day. And in, in some of these ancient artifacts, we see hand-drawn land maps of Antarctica, um, which is under miles and miles of ice today. Right. And since the previous ice age, as long as we've been aware, Antarctica has been in this state. So scientists were shocked to find not just one, but many, many uh, land maps of Antarctica, which was drawn as a completely green land, water flowing, you know, like a, any land map today. So we see things like that. And let me know if this stuff is getting too loud. Again, there's something going on on the street here i don't know what if they're doing construction or what but so it's not supernatural kinda... what's that it's not supernatural then because <laughs> it sounds like it could be a drill or it could be some sort of no it's like uh it's some kind of machinery <laughs> or maybe a uh, a large truck picking something up i don't really know i can't i can't see it from here i'm on the other side of the house but um i'll just try and talk I'll just try and talk over it's it. It's not a bit. problem. It's just okay. Okay. So back to it. So we have like um, hand drawn land maps of Antarctica. We have the world in a different state. And one of the things, along with these artifacts that they found, um, were maps of, and I'm going to drop some, some nuggets here, but maps of Atlantis, Lumeria maps of um, the world in a different state and they've kind of picked it apart and said okay well this looks like Africa and this looks like you know there's the Pangaea theory was a continent in the East Pacific what's that a continent in the East Pacific 
I'm sorry, you're cutting out a little. A bit. continent in the East Pacific. Uh, yeah, wait, which it's which called one? Mu apparently. M U. Yeah, Mu. It, there's Mu, which is, if I'm not mistaken, it's it goes back to Mu, Lemuria, Atlantis, and then from there Kemet, which is modern day Egypt. Oh so, yeah, Kemet. Oh. Kem, the land of Kem. I want to clarify something about our previous previous one. I interviewed you. I I think you were right. The um the Anunnaki did come before thought did, and so it means that the Atlanteans were around at the same time as the Anunnaki, to some extent. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like they were. So no, they're not the that's same. Another, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I want to give to that. So we, we find these ancient artifacts, we find these ancient land maps of things that we call today, we just call it myth. We dismiss it as myth without proving it doesn't exist, but or didn't exist. So in addition to these, one of the most shocking things that I came across was um, something called the land of Agartha. And you've probably Under heard of it, mm. but the way you enter Agartha is through one of the many massive portals on the surface of the earth and when i say portal i mean like literally a hole like a giant opening in the earth not a not a mystical portal that teleports you or something i mean a portal a huge giant opening on the surface of the earth now they describe there being many portals many ways to the land of agartha um and they showed that you know, there's entrances and caves and mountains. There's um, massive entrance to where, again, what we refer to as Antarctica today, that was the main portal to Agartha. And they said, with this is the inner earth theory based on these findings, which is that these artifacts clearly depict and describe the ability to enter our earth through a large opening on the surface and there being an inner earth, an interior earth going on there. So not what we would think of in terms of crust, mantle. Inner continents. Yes. And so with it. How much do you think it's just, it's not like hollow like a tennis ball, right? It's more like no, it's, large areas that are yeah. like huge caverns sort of thing. Yeah. So, well, Continent-sized caverns, but that, right? That's more like surface level. So if you go to um, uh, some of the, I believe it's the Australian Aborigine and also like the Native American um, folklore, like all the way back, as far as you can go, they described their people being saved by some sort of reptilian type of um, underground dwelling beings. They literally, they have tons of artwork showing their people, these Native Americans being brought into um, sort of a crust level, but underground type of cavernous uh, environment. Mm. So I think when I hear the caverns, I think of that, it's like underground, but not to the level of what we would call the inner earth or guard. Right. Well, there's different theories that there's not all the reptilians are, there's some that colonized here before we humans were here. Yeah. 
and, and the, they're not the, the only ones there there's some that naturally evolved here that aren't actually necessarily so unfriendly yeah and um, it's it's interesting because we have reptile reptiles and mammals on earth right but they're totally different so what where i'm going with that is like apparently there were mammalian dinosaurs and reptilian dinosaurs as well so we see like an extension of this uh ecosystem or food chain or animal kingdom if you want to call it that where it seems like each one has the same components like there's there's different densities you get the same comparable forms and different densities which is why you get aliens that have animalistic features or rather yeah. the other way around like because apparently the syrians have a link not not s y it's not like from syria <laughs> it's not like, like yeah. a sad or something <laughs> but like the syrians apparently they um link to they come from somewhere that's aquatic apparently originally uh-huh. and apparently and uh, they're linked to like whales and dolphins they're linked to that the lions are apparently linked to cats the I have no idea about the Arcturians. Um, and there's others too. It's interesting that there's... Yeah. And it makes sense well, because we had this fusion of, of cultures and different beings and, and species. We don't, we don't know what happened. We still can't explain... I know this sounds funny, but we still can't explain how domestic cats are the way that they are. We have no clue how they evolved to be tiny little cats that have the same nature of large cats. It's like, we know how dogs evolved, but- Domestic cats actually have a way higher hunt, successful hunt rate than any other cats. <laughs> I'm not They're surprised. killing machines, absolute killing yeah. machines. Yeah, like millions and millions of birds and, and rats and things like that a year, yeah. But it seems like they were deliberately I mean, obviously, dogs were deliberately bred and made to be a certain way. But while we like to act like we know everything, we can't even articulate how the domestic cat came to be. I just realized like nothing, but maybe it's kind source, of a big deal. Maybe source just no, no, no. This is ridiculous. <laughs> no, I was going to make a joke about cat girls <laughs> because the lions are like must have females. So I mean, like, I guess source is a weeb, right? <laughs> sorry that's just terrible uh, the, uh, <laughs> oh man so i again i know it sounds kind of trivial but we have all these things that we take for granted that seem to be like deliberately engineered or or bred or placed in certain circumstances that we enjoy and it's just a normal part of life today but we don't think about evolution in terms of everything like we don't think about where did all of this come from where did where did reptiles how how do we have so many different species of animals here and how did they evolve because if you just say that it all randomly evolved to be totally different things maybe that's true it doesn't really make sense to me because if we're dealing with the same starting basis, why would everything 
come to evolve so differently across similar environments. That's the part where it's like, yeah, I can't explain all of existence, but what I'm saying is for the shorter term of ancient history, it seems feasible to entertain the idea that maybe there were different uh, animal kingdoms, so to speak, and the intelligent life being at the, at the top of that. So we're at the top of the, the mammal kingdom. Like we're mammals, you know, we get well, live birth. The density one anyway. Right. But when you break it down to, we're not, rep, we're not reptilian, you know, we're, we're mammalian. Well, we have a reptile part of our brain. We do. There's a theory that that part of the brain is more predominant in reptilians. And that's what I was going to say is we call it reptilian because of the function and the way, but it's not like we can literally pick it out and say, yep, this matches, this belongs to a reptile. It's more of the functionality of it. But at our, at, in our physical being, we're classified as mammals. And in history, we see depiction of people much like us, but they're not, they don't look exactly like us. They're reptilian. They have scales. They have reptilian looking eyes. You know, why would that exist in historical uh, record well, if I it heard, wasn't real? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard that when they land on the moon, it's actually... They actually at one point got chased by reptilians. Hmm. I don't know, man. I can't bear I, there's so that. many uh, wild stories out there. It, it's kind of fru- it's kind of frustrating how much like fake stuff you have to sort through to get to like an actual fact. But with that said, we kind of go back to Agartha inner earth. What would that mean for us if there was an inner earth? with a with its own sun is what they describe that it has probably either technological or maybe gaia has its own light source we don't know it's Uh, just hard it's hard to imagine when we think we know something and then a new idea is presented and now there's a cognitive dissonance because they say no the earth is made of magma uh it's you know got a molten core i mean i don't know is it uh, does it maybe it does along the way it might be a fusion there might be a bit of both maybe there's underground areas where there's civilization and maybe there's a core and a mantle as well um i can tell you i have no clue but i like to keep an open mind yeah yeah um i mean there's a lot of different theories so but it's interesting that in so in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, it talks about, so these people were trying to do some dark ritual or something because some of the Atlanteans, because they had, they had souls that were, I think from Mars, because Mars had this good cataclysm because people were like fucking around well, with things they shouldn't have there. It was war. It was war. Nuclear war, <laughs> apparently. Um, That's why Mars is referred to as the god of war. Yeah. I mean, like, and then there's the whole how that fits into different energies quadrants coming from the sun but uh, we'll go to that um david wilcott goes into that but um so he talks about so they did drill and getting stuff they shouldn't have and then 
Dee. I think it was the Dweller. I don't know who the Dweller is or what the Dweller is, but rose up and basically the certain there was like the the energy I get the impression it's almost like the energy grid of the earth fundamental of the energy of the earth was like shifted to another valve or something. It's hard to explain. And then the and it caused certain continents to collapse and certain to rise up like pole shift sort of thing or something. And yeah. And so, like much of Atlantis fell beneath the sea and stuff like that. I'm trying to yeah, find, see you're, you're on the right track there. So, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because we're actually in the middle of another pole shift right now. Yeah. And it's as of, as of months ago. Yeah. So for those who don't know, true North has moved so far off from from traditional true north that literally every everyone everything is having to recalibrate you may have noticed like several months ago that and i know this sounds funny but that your google maps if you use that if your your navigation was actually pointing the wrong way almost a quarter turn true north has moved if i'm not mistaken like over 30 degrees um because we rely on a magnetic field to maintain that true north. And it's shifted somewhere in the realm of like 30 degrees off of actual true north. That's the result of the Earth's magnetic field shifting. That's a, that's a pole shift. It's happening rapidly. It's going to continue. And, oh, I can't believe I forgot this book. I'm going to have to send this to you. It's going to blow right. your mind. I i can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was a book uh, that I came across when I was researching this and the obscurity behind it. I've got it bookmarked, but I don't, I don't want to hold up the show. No, it's, it's very old. Actually, it's like six, 50 or 60 years old. And what happened was this book was released as a, uh, CIA document? Yes. Yes and no. So when it was initially released, it was released as a so-called work of fiction. But it was actually released by um, a government employee who was essentially declassifying information that he had come across. Um, and the, the CIA, I guess, banned the book and only recently release certain pages of it, but it's still redacted like crazy. I mean, the majority of it is blacked out, but in the book, he's talking about the coming pole shift, the impending doom that's going to follow and all, all this stuff, like another ice age or something. I mean, I can go on, but it's insane. It's insanely interesting. And what's even more interesting is how it was banned and controlled and now only recently declassified a little bit by our yeah. own government so you still don't know what's going to happen though even considering that's been written i know i, I don't know i view like the planet as and also this link to the sun apparently um the activity but if you view the planet yeah. as conscious it kind of depends on what mother earth decides to do yeah, and maybe that depends on 
how much we're actually ruining the planet or holding it together. I don't know. I think, I think everything has a way of keeping balance. And so, you know, if we're just on a road uh, to where things hit a point of no return, which maybe they have, I mean, I don't know what, I don't want to be a pessimist, but we've had some nuclear, um, nuclear waste continues to leak at basically almost every plant. Like people think about nuclear waste and they think, oh, every now and then there's an accident. This stuff doesn't go away. And on top of that, even under normal circumstances, most of these plants are already old, outdated, and they're, they're unsafe. They're fundamentally unsafe. Do you think it's meant to be that way? I think, I don't, I don't think it's meant to be. I think we're just like, I'm going to pull a Joe Rogan here, but I think, I think we're kind of like monkeys when it comes to this stuff. Like we well, don't, we're growing an ego. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. We know how to do it, but we, we're not being responsible enough with it. Like we're not okay. taking responsibility along that comes along with the technology. Yeah. So my impression is that after this, great awakening which does seem to be to seem like it's actually going to succeed we're not going to you know the 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 dark plan won't succeed uh i I could go into that later why i don't think they'll succeed but our job afterwards is to take care of mother earth and help help her recover from what we've put her through even though even though you could say we got manipulated by reptilians we still have responsibility for going along with it for all of that. Like we can't just, and, and from there, I mean, once we've actually, you know, helped the earth recover, I mean, even before that we can become part of a galactic community. Right. <laughs> but we already are. We yeah. Already in, are a sense, part of it, in a sense, whether we realize it or not. <laughs> so I think you're right. And I think, you touched on a point earlier that you, you can find in different uh, hermetic teachings um, and also, you know, various esoteric uh, literature where they discuss the collapsing of certain realities and the merging into one. So it's like, you can maybe even look back on your own life where you Maybe you had a, a close call or some a decision you could have made that would have led you down a path where your life wouldn't be the same. Maybe you, you would have gotten to an accident if you left five minutes earlier or, you know, kind of the butterfly effect uh, concept. But what I'm saying is that as the person that you are right now, you can't know anything truly outside of your personal experience so it gets into the idea that maybe you did die on your way to work that day but you didn't live that experience that simulation of reality ran and then that that version of reality collapsed and merged into the the fork in the road where you didn't die on your way to work and now your story keeps going. Right. And so 
these that realities are constantly collapsing and merging in a different way as this sort of matrix uh, unfolds and, and runs these reality simulations. Right. So will one and source we, you know, we create source creates separation so they can experience new experiences that has amnesia and then it gradually learns more as it goes along, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and um, so there's source aspect of creation. Oh, no, no, no it's not uh, it's creation. It's the creator. And that's all of our souls, essentially, s- separated out, but ultimately still one. Yeah. And this is infinite. And then there's the infinite hologram, which is everything created by that. Yeah. Now, this hologram, now, this is, involves many timelines. And this is what people have been talking about in the Great Awakening community is that there's many timelines. And I suppose, as you said, if you die, it collapses into our timeline. And your soul, you just switch what frequency you're on, like a dial. Yep. And depending on your emotional frequency, you change the different timelines that match that of you. Yes. And then you only really die if your soul quits, essentially. If your soul decides, okay, it's better at this point to die. Or maybe that's when you've decided the whole time that you're going to die. I, I don't know. Um, but certainly, the you that crashed and died, you know, whatever, either that's still going parallel, but... Now, I mean, if you nearly died at one point, I and mean, this is a sobering thought, there might be a timeline where you know, your family had to deal with you dying years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe the same thing happens for them. Maybe. Yeah. And it's hard to explain because it is so dynamic that it's like, wait, what? But I go back to the the one thing is like, we only have our, our own personal experience. So while we may look around and see this person got hit while by a bus while they were riding their bike and they died in the street you saw it you know people die that's not to say that that doesn't really happen but maybe there's a concurrent reality in which that didn't happen for them and so it's just parallel right realities carrying on and then some somehow some way as time goes on this all plays out um, to a certain end result. So yeah, so I wonder. Think about it. If you've got a friend, right? And does do you know if in the timeline you're in, do you know if their soul is in that timeline, or if they're in a higher one or lower one? I don't think we can know definitively. But I think that um, in a way for me, this helps me make sense of why we have deja vu. That's just my theory. It's like, why else? Like, there's been a, a couple of times where I knew I had seen something before. Yeah. I've and I was, I was literally able to call out what was going to happen. And then it happened. 
And now you can argue, oh, well, maybe you exerted your influence on it, or maybe it's coincidence. Mm. If you think lightning strikes twice, like I said, there's been a couple of times where I'm like, I saw the whole thing and I remembered it like a memory. I remembered what was going to happen before it happened. And I'm not psychic. I can't tell the future. It's just been a couple of moments and they were nothing super significant. It was just like a regular moment in the day, but I was able to call it out ahead and then boom, it happened. So what is that? What is that? I mean, it could be seeing the future. I mean, there's people have dreams of events that just happen out exactly like that. Yeah, but why? Or, or it's synchronicity. And it's like your higher self trying to teach you something. What does that mean for our reality, though? And that's where I go back to it's very possible. We create a mental, or not mental way, from, from our soul, we create a simulation, a spiritual simulation. That's what we're experiencing. And there's different levels of it. And 5D reality is what we're shifting into, but it's it can't be all at once, usually, because that's going to be a bit feel a bit weird to yeah. it's different. And we don't even know what it's going to be like. Now we can speculate, but I highly suspect that. From what I can tell, fourth dimensional beings are do still have bodies. And it's five dimensions density where you no longer have a you have just a purely light body. And and there's this diagram I've seen seen it. Um it's like this pyramid and it shows like these different um densities going up. And there's a fourth one above us which shows an alien <laughs> face or something. <Yeah. laughs> and then the fifth is and six is apparently thought forms or something like the Christ consciousness or something. Okay. Yeah. I've heard um, one person I'm really into, I might've already mentioned them, but Billy Carson goes into a lot of this stuff. And I just caught a, a recent video of him explaining that they've been running uh, certain thought experiments where they will show someone a certain picture and then they have um, like a, it's either something traumatic and unpleasant or something pleasant, peaceful. And they just run through every so many, um, it varies, but at random, they show a traumatic picture, right? A random order. And after conducting this experiment several times, several uh, people involved, they were able to conclude that your mind knows what's going to happen seven seconds before it's done. So they couldn't explain, but they're showing a series of images, right? And positive, 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 at random, negative traumatic image. You know, it could be somebody laying down, laying injured on the floor, badly wounded, some random stuff. But what they found was your mind reacts to the negative image seven seconds in advance. So every five seconds, they would show a new image. And that's how they were able to space it out where your mind every time is reacting 
to the negative image before it is sent. So what he was articulating was that this means that we have about a seven second delay in our perception of reality and actual reality. So he also went on to uh, explain that time is really just relevant based on who you are, meaning like, you know, we're humans. So our time looks a certain way to us, but a bird's time is much faster. So when we look at a bird, say a hummingbird, and they're zipping around or even a fly or an insect, they're experiencing time differently than we are. Like it's all relative. Mm. So that's why to, he was saying like to, to them, we would look like we're moving slow, like a big slow giant trying to catch yeah. them. You ever tried to spot a fly with your hand? Yeah. 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 They, they see the TV completely differently. Yeah. So that's, that's all. I mean, it makes sense, but they're starting to conduct these experiments and, and really peel back the layers of reality and understand, wait a minute, this is not all quite how we thought. And then you can even go to something like Interstellar, the movie Interstellar, where they illustrated the concept of time being different on another planet, which it is like when an astronaut travels to space or you know the moon or whatever, they experience time differently than we do, if that do makes sense. Do you see that, that scene where he's looking through time at different points? Yes. Where she experiences yeah. differently. Maybe it's like that in between incarnation, right? The... Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you can jump back in. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe you jump back in or you incarnate as something else. Do you ever hear random tapping noises? Like I was in the bathroom like before we did this and like I heard like like when I was in the bathroom and it could have been some pump or something, but I was like Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah um i do i mean not so much tapping not it's not like a recurring thing one thing i do hear and maybe people will um dismiss this as uh i think it, what is it called tinnitus or something where you hear the ringing oh ringing yeah i'm getting ears. it right now yeah i pretty much it's pretty much all the time but not it's not all the time and i want it's to an ascension distingu- i want to distinguish why i can hear i can hear when the wi-fi router is on or not when did you start in my house when when did it start probably two years ago all right, something like that. That'd be interesting if it was 2012. That would be really interesting. But no, I mean, the re- the main reason being is because before I I went through a number of years. I I haven't talked about this publicly yet, but I went through a number of years of being totally detached from everything. No internet, no TV. I still don't have TV, like cable TV, but no internet, no TV, nothing. And I was, it was good for you. What's that? Was it good for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was a metamorphosis because I went a hundred percent in on getting somewhere, like building the business. 
um, educating myself. Like if I did play anything, it was an audio book or some kind of motivational or some insight in a positive context on YouTube or, or whatever it may have been. So I totally detached. I went full in on this and seriously only about two, roughly two years ago, um, I got internet, you know, for mostly for work and, uh, yeah, we watch stuff. Um, you know, we stream stuff, uh, mostly on Amazon prime. I know this kind of leads into another, we had Netflix, but I canceled Netflix over a certain, uh, controversial film. You probably, Oh yeah. I want to mention an idea that I've got first. Okay. So it was two years ago, roughly that you started really well when we got the internet i was able to hear if it was on or not i always unplug it at night you started your frequency started raising right when you started detaching from all that stuff that's my theory and that made you able to hear this when previously you wouldn't have because it's an ascension symptom maybe maybe i hadn't really thought about it before so that could be it too but i don't know um, I didn't understand much about the frequency and all that. Uh, I want to say like uh, seven years ago. So I went for a period of, of basically like five years with no internet, no TV, nothing. And it was great. <laughs> Seriously, I made a lot of personal progress in that time. And I was able to build what I have going on today. So now I use it as a utility, but when I'm not using it, I just unplug it. Right. So. I, I think that the elites or whatever you call them, whatever, they want us constantly distracted, want us yeah. active, want us distracted so we don't deal with our own emotions, right? Yeah. They could That's be it. alcohol. It so could you be, don't evolve. Right. And then you bottle things up, you repress things, right? And what happens is, and you, they, we haven't been doing art so much. Art is supposed to be, apparently, something that we do on a day-to-day basis, but they're separated out as you know, normal jobs, and then there's this art on the side. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, so we don't have that outlet of that right brain outlet where we, for our emotions, so much. And then people get hyped up on all these different things and then like so what does that do i mean that would get in the way of the heart opening right the heart chakra yeah it's like being in a cage right and when you don't have that open you just get in these tribes politically and you don't or whatever right and you don't empathize so much with other people outside of that yeah because and that makes you basically that makes people easier to manipulate so they can make yeah. events more and get and into the idea i think i believe there's a reptilian plan which will fail to gradually through controlling us bring in transhumanism oh, cut yeah. us off more and more from nature and get us more and more addicted to like not more and more extreme pornography and stuff like that more and more extreme this and the other drugs etc all this stimulation and eventually they can just put all our experience into 
artificial to put all experience into artificial simulation and then they want to steal the soul energy or something and then gradually make us go extinct and then rule earth yes that's the evil archon plan basically yeah and it's going to fail because the awakening is okay so there's the awakening and then there's the assistance from uh the fleet uh that's what because there's the people are channeling people like uh ashtar command and stuff have you heard about that a little bit a little bit more on an individualized basis but i think and i could probably go i don't know if i want to go into a personal story but I'll, i'll just say this for now so i think our awareness, our senses, our evolution, whatever you want to call it, is being accelerated congruently with what we perceive as being the, our impending doom, which would be like global communism, uh, a dystopian society in which we can't be human. We can't be free and human. Right. We're forced into a transhumanism. It's an attempt and- to stop the awakening. Because they lose their power, so they're just increasingly accelerating what they're doing. Yes. But the thing is, because they're based off fear, I would say they're actually losing control. Absolutely. Especially the stuff with the whole Trump thing coming out about the thrashing and and really, you know, just clawing at their last attempt to seize power because they were on edge um, and I don't want to get too political. I mean, I, I thought that I hated Trump at first. You know, I thought that like, who is this guy? He's racist. He's this, he's that. But really I was just echoing what I was hearing publicly, like mainstream media. He's not the most likable guy. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. There's, no, there's no doubt, but I've, I've learned to measure people by what they do not what I hear about them. And so when I look and I see some of the things that he's done. Like the children who've been let out from the yes. facilities. Yeah. Like the, that's not talked like about, the, is it? That he's actually saved God. how many children? Who what Countless. president did that? It's still going. It's been going it's on for going. so long, this whole thing. And Over he's t- the first one to actually do something about it. It must have been known about by the elites. For sure. That's why they attack. That's why they attack any. It's not about Trump. It's about anyone that opposes the powers that be. And that's what he's doing. And again, love him or hate him. It doesn't matter. He's doing what he's doing. He is being attacked. And that's why. To be more neutral about it. I mean, if you look at there's a you. Oh, Bernie Sanders got like smeared. And it was was unfair in the Democrat primaries or whatever last time. it, It was it was unfair what happened to him with by he was kind of betrayed by his own party essentially right they don't it's not about parties they don't even care it's about That's the why a lot window. of republicans don't like trump yeah it's a, not a it's not even a mm. bipartisan issue it's a person it's a personal issue when a person also the media. can't be controlled that's that's the that's where they will stop at nothing to destroy that person Either yeah. literally, you know, either literally um, or 
in terms of their reputation, which right. is what they really go after. And also, so. there's a left-wing politician in the UK. Um, wait, why am I going blank about his name? Well, Jeremy Corbyn. Now, I don't really like necessarily necessarily what he stands for, but um, yeah, like he's been treated unfairly, accused of being an anti-Semite just or supporting. He doesn't like the state of Israel, right? Which is generally okay. used as a puppet state in the Middle East anyway by America. So, which in America, when until when Trump was in power, I would say it was essentially a cabal puppet, like most states are. Yeah. And what are the states that are considered rogue states? The ones that aren't part of it. So much. Yeah. Like Russia. Well, that's, that's another thing. It's like the false information behind a Russia collusion. There's It's been oh, yeah, four was... years and there's zero evidence. Zero. Come on. And we talk about... <laughs> I don't know if you want to go there, but if you want to talk, the thing is, I, this I is a like tricky issue for me. Because I want to be on. neutral, but at the same time, I want to be honest. So, yeah, uh, just objective. I'm not in favor. Here's what I'm in favor of: pro-human future. That's what I'm in favor of. I think we we kind of like. We, I feel like we missed something a second ago, though. We were talking about. Man, it was just a few minutes ago. Oh, okay. I think I was going to clear up like the last bit about hearing the frequency and how it, it seems to me like as things escalate in terms of um, they're both fueling each other. So Trump's taking actions that are kind of like cutting them off at the knee in terms of globalists. And then we see an acceleration of their plans, right? And then we see also an acceleration of the awakening of the general populace. And yeah, I mean, they're of... shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's snowballing now. They can't stop it. They can't, like, dial back. They got to keep trying to push this through all the way. And, you know, I had my own personal experience where I was trying to get out of where I was and get to a better quality of life. And you mentioned, you know, that in that process, I was probably raising my vibration or whatever. And that's why now I can hear the thing, but I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people who claim to be able to hear these certain, I don't know, it's supersonic. I don't know how they're categorized, but these frequencies that aren't in the normal range of sound. And I don't even have the best hearing. Is this linked to like 5G maybe? We could go I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if That's it's that because when we had 4G internet, I could still hear it, but or the 2.4 gigahertz was the, the standard. But what I'm saying is it's being dismissed as a hearing issue. Like I think they call it tinnitus. I may be I mean, wrong. I think maybe tinnitus might exist as a hearing issue, but it can't be. Yeah dismisses that every time you hear ringing right no 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 and that's what i'm saying i can hear the difference when the router is on and off it's a loud to me it's like a, a loud internal sound i don't hear it like a like a car horn honking off in the in the distance that's like you I hear, hear it is. in my inner ear like yeah. it's not hitting as a loud sound it's loud inside my ears it's weird but 
when I'm away from all that, like say, you know, if I'm just out on some land away from internet signals, I don't hear any more ringing. Oh. So it's not a constant issue with my ear. It's, it's, and it's, it depends on what I'm exposed to, what I'm around. And that's how I've been able to distinguish. This has nothing to do with like uh, degenerating hearing or tinnitus or whatever it's called. Um, it's very much circumstantial. Like, am I around signals? I can hear them, if, if, especially if our own router is on. But yeah, so it's kind of a constant deal in the suburban environment. But that said, it looks like as things accelerate on one side, they accelerate on the other. So I think there's a proportionate hmm. response. Polarity as well. Terms. What's that? It's almost like a polarity thing. With uh, like, um, like the just with everything going on. I mean, they're getting more extreme. I feel like it's going to go, it's going to suddenly move towards unity, I guess. Uh, I'm not really backing myself up, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's, it's happening. And I, like you, I don't think that, I don't think that evil will prevail. Um, and if it did, then what? I mean, like, how long is that going to last? And to what end? Well, so. It- <laughs> dysfunction can only go so far yeah i mean there would the thing is there's natural balance in the universe yeah um there's duality so the, the, the light would make headway afterwards it would all be all right in the universal level but yeah. i mean we're we're humans on earth so we've got a like a different scale to be concerned about at least for the time being right for sure but this kind of goes back into what we were talking about you know i think i think we all have a certain underlying certainty that good will prevail like that light will prevail and we've talked about collapsing realities and and merging into the one that maybe is most ideal or maybe we merge into the one that we're aligned with in terms of frequency yeah how do what do you think about that do you think you just kind of transcend or descend it depends on how the progress is going but there are these two timelines apparently right there's one which is like a highway to Saratoga Ocean, she was, I think she was channeling Archangel Michael when she said this. She was saying this was one, this is like a highway to awakening, um, which is like everything just falls into place really great. The other mm. one is like a longer route where eventually a dystopia is set up and it eventually fails. Yeah. Now, so we must have moved past the point where evil winning and destroying humanity is possible, but I can't say for sure. I mean, my yeah. faith is tested, definitely, but um, I, I feel like it's been decided by a lot of beings, mutual or some others, that like 
humanity falling here is unacceptable because like yeah you think about it we've they've got they share dna with us right which means they must share a sort of energetic connection with us too which means that yeah. they're going to be affected right if things go south here when like if things go this is south a special here. place in the universe like uh i mean some people call it a prison right but uh, i'm telling prison or something I, that's a negative way of looking at it because i see it's like even I think souls come here even knowing that it's difficult because it's like a great way to learn. And being here during an ascension event, now that's yeah. a great way for soul to learn. So and I think if it were to go full scale into this dystopian future and we're all augmented and controlled transhuman AI types, and we're just like serving this um I don't know malevolent force that wants to control everything not just here but like the entire galaxy the entire universe um have you ever have you seen adventure time the show adventure not time? that much okay well there's a if you haven't seen adventure time probably don't listen to this part and go watch it if you want but there's a character called the lich and the lich represents all darkness and evil. And there's this one crazy scene where it seems like all is lost. And um, the main character, Finn, uh, he's like, he the Lich can control everyone. So he comes in and he just says, uh, he says fall and they all fall to the ground. And he's like battling so hard, the main character is it's almost like he's asleep trying to get up. He's trying to overcome the uh, will that's being imposed on him. And the Lich says, uh, you are strong, child, but I am beyond strength. And he goes on this monologue where he's talking about how him and all these, these ancient monsters are going to uh, crusade across the galaxy until every light has been extinguished. And it's like, that's, he's like, we'll sail to a, a, a million, million worlds or whatever and until every light has been extinguished. So it's almost like the antithesis of life going on there represented by this character. It reminds me of something in the Emerald Tablets of the Elantian where at one point he comes across this situation where, because he keeps exploring beyond his body to like different places. Yeah. A lot of wisdom, mm -hmm. right? And he comes across this place where there's the the nine these beings. I think they're archangels. Maybe, and he doesn't describe them as they're these number of beings, like a council of these higher level beings. That the impression is that they hold off the darkness. And he saw the darkness that was being held off, and hmm. quailed with fear. Like he was just like, "No, this is Thoth we're talking about." And Thoth was like, "Nope, nope, nope." Like, and I had to just like flee all the way back to his body because it's just like, oh man, it just terrified him that much. It's like an absolute cosmic yeah. And let, let's not, I don't know, man. Like, that's there's it. darkness that's and the light. Duality. Darkness yeah. and light are like these fundamental forces of reality. Light is a creation thing. I mean, separation is important for the existence of reality, but there's a part of reality that maybe wants to tear everything down. Yeah. I and mean, that's I inevitable. That's, 
right? That's in, inherent. In reality, yeah, you're going to get that. Yeah, it's just inherent in existence. So. But since balance is a key feature of the universe, can darkness really take over? Can light no. really take over? No, and I think that's it. I think, I think this, I think existence itself, you know, in the Hermetic teachings, in uh, the Kabbalion, for example, a book uh, called the Kabbalion does a, a, a very good job of simplifying these principles, but as above, so below, you know, and this can be looked at in every context of, of the meaning microcosm macrocosm or even within nature it represents the nature of the higher world so or the be all so to speak so you look at a tree all the leaves fall off the tree at at a certain point in the season and all those dead leaves fall to the ground they rot they decompose and if you looked at it you might think all all is lost, right? If you didn't understand, yeah. the, the, tree need, the tree needs the leaves for photosynthesis. It, it needs them, but this is a natural process. So all the leaves fall off, they decompose, they seep into the ground and those become nutrients for the tree to then again thrive and grow even more come springtime. You know, it's cyclical. Everything is cyclical. So we look at all the darkness in the world and we think about like how awful that is, how, you know, how unacceptable this should be just a perfect world, right? That would be demented though. Like if everything yeah. were perfect, we would have no contrast. And also, yeah, the contrast is what really allows us to grow. Yeah. Like, yeah, goes back to that's, why, that's why duality exists, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it goes back to comfort and perspective and we can't appreciate anything unless we experience what we don't want. Like, unless we experience the opposite, we can't, we can't appreciate it. I suspect that before we have our lives, like on some level, it's planned out on some level, right? And that we plan for these different challenges to go through based on what we have to learn based on our previous lives so yeah and yeah now the now is a huge factor you know i go back to i've after reading so many things and really like seeking to understand try and figure out like how why are things the way they are now and and what's do i have any control you know over my fate and really digging for this answer um when especially when life was less than ideal i came to my own personal philosophy which i think i may have shared the last time but it's simply put it's this present moment determines direction intentions determine all of the simultaneously developing uncontrollables otherwise known as destiny or fate so we're in this constant thing where what we do now determines what happens next. So it's like both, both is, are happening. You're not fully in control, but it's, it's based on the intention that you bring and the actions that you're taking 
that determines what needs to happen next for you to evolve in the right direction. And we're right. going to have to keep learning the same thing until we learn it and move on. Yeah. So, that's what I've been having. Like, okay, so you got a certain lesson, certain thing that's going on internally in your mind. Yeah. Uh, maybe to do with negative emotion of some kind or negative self-belief or something. And it keeps being tested. And right. if you can manage to let go of what no longer serves, uh, then basically that whole story arc or that whole dynamic that keeps repeating will stop. And you might have a new one or it might just, that'll be a weight off your shoulders and your frequency will rise. Like you need to deal with that negativity. And I, one thing I am concerned about is that some people, when they talk about the great awakening, they just talk about, they want to focus entirely on the light and yeah. You can't do that. And when I have done that, it's, it's it hasn't worked out well. It hasn't worked yeah, out well at all. It's delusional. It's not real. You got to, as uh, Jung would put it, Carl Jung, you have to tap into the shadow, the shadow self. And that doesn't mean like, oh, you have to do dark magic. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. It's you have to observe the light and the darkness within yourself before you can actually take control and actualize yourself or move in a direction of personal empowerment of positive evolution. Like you're both you're light and dark and they both serve a purpose. And we don't like to consider that. We like to think everything is, I want everything to be all good and all light and positivity well sometimes you have to tap into that shadow like we have it right. for a reason but with the very least we can also let go of it if we but we need to accept it if we don't accept it then we're essentially putting it pushing it back down again right well it's like if you were to totally let go of your your shadow so to speak and anything other than light and positivity you you would just be an infant. And I, I think just, we're on a slightly different wavelength. You, would, you have to have an understanding of, a knowledge of. It doesn't mean you have to do negative. Right, but you, you'd want to be more conscious of the darkness, right? You don't want to just right. have it repressed, controlling you without you realizing. Oh, absolutely. What I'm saying is that think of when when we look at traditional religious perspective of god god is god is very wrathful right like there's a there's a, a a light and a dark to god god is all everything he does is for the right reason right there's the intention he's trying to create a better world and like look out for you but, you know, a flood, the great flood and, and all the trials and tribulations and all these things, this is the, the illustration and the embodiment of the light and the dark. Like, for example, if, um, if someone were to be threatening, let's say you're in a life-threatening situation, are you just supposed to lay down and just, you know, stare up at the sky and, and wait 
on something else or someone else to save you? Or are you going to tap into that darkness, that shadow, that animalistic capability to defend yourself? You know, it's like, oh, that's true. There's different elements and we we like to be politically correct and and say, oh, you, you know, just meditate four hours a day and, and live this, you know, Zen perfect life. And, and maybe if someone threatens your life, you just sit there and think the universe is gonna work it out for you. I don't know. But for me, I know that if I need to, I, I would definitely be ready. And I, I don't, I don't want to. But if I had to, I would do whatever it takes to preserve what's most valuable to me with the right intentions like for the right reasons like i'm not well, gonna so let anyone goblins, you wouldn't hurt do it. my Just... hurt my family or hurt hurt me and not act in preservation what like, if someone did do that fight for the greater good right but what if someone did hurt someone in family what would you do then no i mean like life-threatening situation right not no, i'm like, not I know what your answer probably is. I was just testing to see if I was like, if there's any revenge aspect there. No, I think like stuff happens and most of it is, is self-imposed. You know, mind over so, matter, mentalism. It's this idea that, yeah, we can just go to reality. So it's like, don't put yourself in negative situations in the first place. You know what I mean? So I, I, I practice both. Like I'm going to practice the accountability aspect that says like, I'm not going to go, engage in things and behaviors that are going to put me in a situation in an environment where things like that I don't want to happen are liable to happen. So I'm not going to go out drinking in a bar and then someone starts something with me and now I'm, Oh, I'm protecting myself. Well, what am I doing with my life in the first place? We have these ego reactions and everyone has even, well, I mean, you can even have it with gurus, but it'll be re- or whatever, but it'll be rare. But like, um, yeah, like, like I got I'm to a live... point where I beat myself up for having those reactions on a certain level. But then I started realizing that, like, every time you feel that inclination to react, like, you feel get defensive or something, like there's an opportunity to kind of stop to accept how you feel and just let it go and if you do that enough times you will react less to that situation because that situation might be teaching you something there might be someone who says that's the perfect thing to really piss you off because they are reflecting your shadow right they're drawn to you yeah. and you're drawn to them Sub- on a an attraction field level, like right, based on your shadow shadows and what you haven't worked out yet, or in some cases maybe even like some pre-planned before your life. Like if it's a really big thing, maybe you're like these two people end up these big rivals, but then they actually end up becoming friends later on, and maybe they knew each other before their lives and they planned for that whole thing. That's an interesting take as well because sometimes i feel like in this whole experience that some people aren't real 
and and I'll get back to the context oh, of what I yeah. mean and that but some people are real and then some people are just a part of the game like most people I don't know I don't want to spin this in a negative context the best way I can explain it is like when you go and play say like uh Grand Theft Auto on online or even just the the game itself right you can play and you're playing through the game but you're the only real person in that game and you know it like the the character you're controlling is being controlled by you the rest of it is a simulation to to lay out a set of circumstances for you to play through that experience well i mean you don't really get into the territory of like essentially dehumanizing people because you're like well they're not real that's part of the simulation right um, no and i don't mean it essentially we don't know right and it's more right. i think that's a better thing to focus on you don't know if something's real or not or someone might be real but subconscious thing is people might someone might be unconscious because they might be have not have dealt with certain things so they're like <sighs> That are, it's like using less of your free will. So they not be dealing with karma and certain negative stuff that's going on. So it's heavily distorting how they see things. Well, and what um, I'm getting at with this is that, like you kind of described, we this may have been planned all along. Like we may have gone into this human experience willingly and planned on submersing ourselves in this human experience i mean maybe it is a simulation and maybe this this is why we see certain things within this reality where everything breaks down into code and the universe is code you know they're they're coming out with all this these uh findings in quantum physics especially where they say like literally the universe runs on ones and zeros and so just maybe, and I think we have to treat it real, but just maybe we went into this. Um, sometimes it's theorized as to be uh, an ancestry simulation, like where we run through lifetimes and lifetimes of human civilization in an effort to get it right or to avoid um, pitfalls. Yeah, so there's like, different levels of as above so below right yeah so why were you this individual you might go back and try to learn lessons of different lifetimes well yeah. groups of souls might be doing that right going through periods trying and, to change it up or whatever and maybe maybe this is what's happening on a cosmic level and it's not so uh binary like we want to think it is or maybe maybe a civilization much like ours is existing right now and part of that civilization's effort to succeed and head in the right direction is having created a super simulation that you can't even distinguish from the real thing. So then we go through and we go through this maybe with our friends or with people we know and we go through and we live out. So maybe it's just like this, but right now us talking who we are where we are, <laughs> we're in this simulation version of our real world in an effort to preserve the best interests of society. And then maybe it feels you mean like, like in a, a digital lifetime. way, 
Yes, yes. Maybe. Uh, I I mean, it's possible, but if it's sufficiently advanced, Look it around. wouldn't make a, If it's sufficiently advanced, it wouldn't make a difference whether or not it's computerized or spiritual. No, it doesn't matter. It's the same process. And it's all uh, fractal. Reality is fractal. It goes infinitely up and down. You. Yes, we live in a fractal holographic matrix. That's what this is. It's all, everything is made of the same thing. There's a digital signature, a, a code to the universe. There's a code to everything, the way that everything manifests in this reality, whether you're on earth or somewhere else. That, so this is a fractal universe. It's something we can never actually figure out. Like we're not gonna find every planet and categorize everything, it's infinite from what we can tell. And right, there's still the choice to move towards the light or the dark. Yeah, right, right. But I think this is, this is an environment, again, whether it's cosmic uh, and naturally occurring by the source, by the all, whatever you want to, God, whatever you want to refer to the source of all creation and life as, um, that very well may be the case. And that may be the process by which it is figuring out itself through us, like broken itself down into smaller individualized life forms infinitely, like all the way down to the microbial world and, and beyond that. Um, but it just seems that given everything that's going on, it's possible, possible that due to the signatures of creation and, and the nature of things, it's possible that we are in a simulation. And it's given the, the um, certain things like deja vu and think of the movie Inception. It's like a dream. We don't remember how we got here. The dream is in a dream. It. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, yeah, he's it's talking. all coming back from source and source yeah. dreams back in time or something and maybe again it doesn't negate if we are in a simulation right now like we're in a supercomputer and there's a, a a reality that resembles this one but it's real in the true sense and we've recreated it kind of like think of the sims you know we've we we create virtual worlds in this world so it's not far-fetched to think or consider this as a possibility and this is the general consensus among quantum physicists that we are in a simulation. This, this is a simulated reality. And a lot of quantum physicists actually, you know, they, they realize this definitively and they have a hard time dealing with that realization. So um, that said, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's possible I don't think it matters one way or the other, because even if we are in a simulated world in an effort to create a better world, I, I guess I'm just assuming that that's, that would be the purpose and not so much that it's like the matrix where we're all in a bunch of pods and they're just stealing our life force. I'm not going I mean, that route with it. Maybe it if could be. they won, you know, but yeah. that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be the fractal. In, that wouldn't be the fractal infinite. 
simulation. That would be a shallow copy. I don't know. We can make. There's games that go on forever. You know, like Minecraft. I'm. I'm not being funny here, but we're able to program games to be infinite now. Yeah, just on one disc. It's like a, a program that will run on infinitely. There's no end to the worlds. There's no end to the game. So the, that's what the fractal technology is. So we very well could be in a fractal simulation. And again, I don't, I guess it could be very concerning and, and upsetting at the idea of that our, our life energy is just being harvested while this is going on by a bunch of like, I don't know, machine robots or something like that. I don't, it's, that's a, equally as possible, I guess, but given the way things are going, I think, and it's just my perspective, but I think it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. whether or not this is a computer simulation or the natural or the nature of things cosmically. It's the same process. And I'm just diving into this because you raised an interesting point that I think I think of often, it feels like only a handful of people, maybe a couple handfuls of people are actually real to me. Like, I feel like I've known them forever. I feel like um, connected to them in a way that goes beyond how long I've known them. Right, so when you meet someone for the first time, this. you meet, that feels like yeah. you recognize them. Like Sometimes, the course. Yeah. yeah. The broadcasters, of course. Do you follow that? Yeah. Yeah. I even feel like, I don't know, like, like, like we're in the same class or something. And I know some people more than other people, but I, I still like kind of know you. You know what I mean? It's it just feels like all right. You should watch the episode. Your interaction. There's an episode I did, a solo cast, where I was reading part from the synchronicity key out, and it's like to describe the afterlife and the different stages you go through in the afterlife based on uh, people put in a trance and what they say while unconscious, like or put in that trance, and like it's just you should watch it, like because it describes like. Basically, there's a whole group of souls that, yeah, they 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 do they do it together, and their lives are interwoven. But they might play different yeah. roles with each other. Like one person might be like your lover one life, but there might be your brother another life. Yeah, <laughs> I just had a thought. Yeah. Imagine if you're my lover one life, and <laughs> I just don't remember. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh man. But that's the thing, though. It's it seems like a simulation. We get so attached to the self that we hear something like that, and it's just the bizarre <laughs> idea of that is like, whoa! It, you know, it throws everything off. But listen, if I'm playing Grand Theft Auto again, I I go back to this because it's like a semi-realistic reproduction of the world. I know it's like far off, but semi-realistic. You know, I'm I'm in there on this game killing people running them over i would never carry on like that in in this life because 
it's just totally different. But in the game, it's part of the game. You know what I mean? It's part of the experience. It's part I mean, of the simulation. There are people. The story, there so. are people who don't have any empathy. Who? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it might actually, on some level, be more resonate with them more. So, well, maybe that's true. I mean, maybe they get into like dark games and and stuff like that to simulate I mean, it. But I'm I'm. We know that stuff from, exists. Like, just a comparison. Well, just as a comparison, like if I were to go, I don't really play online, but just for the the analogy, it's like if you play a game online where components of the game are simulated people. And then there's like your party or your group that you play with. Those are the only real people in there. It's like are you sure you there are other parties? Y'all link up. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, I feel a certain resistance to believing that. It might be true, but maybe it's best not worried about. Like maybe I prefer. I just prefer the idea. What resonates with me more is that okay, there's a certain party, a party that go in and they interact, right? And then there's another part of we interacting and you might interact with them, but they're not so sure. much connected. And then there's, it's so it's like, right. And the more you interact with them, the more connected they are. So there's your close family, soul family, then the looser soul family. It's a bit bigger. This is what it was, how it was described in the synchronicity gear as well. Like from memories out piece yeah. together memories that people have from outside in between lives. And then there's, then again, there's, there's a larger scale component. of it too. Yeah, there's a simulation component there. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an experience to have together. So what I'm, I use Grand Theft Auto because that's a perfect example of there being other people who aren't conscious beings playing. Are you like suggesting you there's Grand only Theft like... Auto online. So are you, you're not, are you suggesting there's only like 30 real people on this planet? Or something? No, no. What I'm saying is like per experience... Like everyone can't be playing at the same time. Otherwise, there would just be a bunch of people with no simulated experience. There probably are NPCs. So, yes. We can talk about how many, what proportion. That's, what that's ultimately fruitless. Uh, that they exist is probably enough, in my opinion. Because you could go back to a it's different a NPC. That they exist is probably enough. It maybe another time oh, yeah, we yeah, could yeah. go back to this time, this this period, and play with a different an NPC or spawn in a new yeah. character and like do stuff that way. Like, and we well, it just it it up. just triggered the thought when you brought when you brought up you know seeming feeling like you know someone. It brought up the thought in my mind is I've I've had this concept um, in my head before where I'm like. Yeah, it feels like you're bound by the story of the game, by the experience to connect with the people that are playing at the same time as you. And that the rest of the game is an experience that you all go through together because it's so mysterious how we feel so connected or we feel... Uh, like we know someone so well and they could be a total stranger and you can't explain it. It's more of an intuitive thing. It's like, I feel like 
we've known each other forever and or you click certain someone. cases with you meet someone people, and your friendship right? just flowers just naturally right right and it, you may be totally different you may have a lot of you know surface level differences but there's something there where it feels like this is exactly it makes sense that's what i'm saying hmm. could be friend could be uh, intimate relationship could be uh you know work related or business thing where you're like yes i feel like this is exactly how it was supposed to go like thank god this happened or thank god i met that person or or the other way around like someone's really glad they met you and and you changed their life so it's just this weird interconnectedness where i feel like what you're talking about aligns with this in a way that we could be engaging in this in groups and the rest of it's a simulation which is fine that like there could be other groups at play as well i go back to the grand theft auto reference like you can play online by yourself you can play online in a group um there's other people playing by themselves or in a group and then there's the rest of the game environment which is computerized and there's still people in the game who are not players they're part of the simulation it's like, and that's I mean, it's what sport. allows you to have that dynamic experience it's like in sport and i know a lot of people don't play it anymore because it wasn't the best game there was but it was an interesting kind of interesting dynamic to go through these different stages so like from being a cell all the way up to spoon space and like hmm. so people could create their own creatures and they would if you're online okay. they could appear other people's creations would appear in your world like randomly so this sounds like a game called um i think it's called everything and you can be like a penny on the street you can be a skyscraper you can How be, do you anything be a penny? everything it's just weird it's like you can control these things you can i don't have it i just saw a trailer Is it like goat for it, simulator but you can i don't i don't know if it's that it's like that there's a underlying substance behind the game where they wanted people to feel the interconnectedness of everything and it's there's this dynamic where you can you could be a a roach you could be a dolphin you could be a a drone flying in the air it's just very artistic and it's like i I get i think it's called everything and you can literally be everything and it goes on and on and it's a you know it's a very expansive game i don't think there's really a point to it but they kind of there's not like a campaign to it but the point is just the shifting of perspective and having that experience and like throughout the game it might give you some uh alan watts quotes or like some random you know kind of enlightening things tossed sounds great that sounds great kind of sounds similar to the what do you what you said the game was Spore? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sounds... I wonder if it's the same creators. It sounds very similar. We could quickly look it up. Uh, 
do you think that fictional worlds are real in the multiverse? Somewhere. It's an interesting question because, oops, um, real is a relative term. So I think everything in a sense is real and maybe what the game or uh, <laughs> yeah well it's like they're not by the same why creator. we do things okay but oh wow we this game why we do things actually. yeah it looks really cool i think i might get it um we don't know why we do anything like me sitting here talking to you right now i'll, I'll reference a couple of things there's a Rick and Morty episode, um, which I'm not a huge fan of the the fourth season, but I get it. Uh, I'll, I'll just say I think it was rushed under pressure, and I think um, the creator did still did a good job of putting some substance in there. I I love the first three seasons, but anyway, in the fourth season, the train episode. Oh yeah, where they're yeah. on the train, and yeah, oh. the train represents the loop. And then the and thing with Jesus, in this the loop. thing with Jesus, and oh yeah. And <laughs> the end of the day, <laughs> I'm not even gonna quote all of it, but so it's like that. What? <laughs> What do you make of that? That could be the case when we make it's, video games. It's the hero's journey. That I could think. be. Well, linked. And it was the hero's journey is like an algorithm in reality, at least in this simulation. That's what I. Yes, think. but it's also gives credence to the the idea that what you're talking about is. Do you think that that it's real when we make a video game? Is that real for them? Like 40K. We don't know. 40K, we don't know because we're not. We don't know. So it could be. And I referenced the Rick and Morty episode for that reason. Um, and there's also. Uh, this episode is when he it? knows he's in the simulation. Yes. He knows. He figures it out. Yeah, also, the Joker. And then, the Joker knows in the comics, apparently. Huh. Interesting. Comics are static. So I don't know if that counts because they're not coding. It's just pictures. But well, for us. I know sometimes they just do that as a they do it as a play. And my light, my lighting is getting super crazy over here. But um oh, you're they just, do it as like a play on the, Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to dematerialize into light. Um they do it as a play on on reality where they kind of observe the fact that they're in a comic or in a show or whatever this the narrative may choose to do but one thing that um that i really liked was the black mirror episode uh the bandersnatch I episode did you see that one i haven't seen any of black okay. mirror funny enough i'm pretty sure oh man you, yeah i've heard yeah, about it for sure they're pretty good they're actually they're really good they're great but i don't want to give this episode away for you then but i will say that there's an episode that they made the bandersnatch episode in which you have to make decisions while you're watching it so your interactive 
in the story and you affect the story. It's, it's an interactive episode. So you have to make decisions for the characters and it changes the, the layout of the story, changes the way the episode goes. So like there were games a bit like that, like Telltale yeah. games. Yeah. And it's, those are similar similar in nature but what it does is obviously these are actors and so we know they acted the scenes out but it goes back to in part in part of the episode they express an awareness or a conscious um suspicion that someone is influencing their choices right so they're like i feel like you know, they look around and they're like, I feel like someone is watching me. It's you. You're the one that they yeah, feel yeah, like that's great. watching that's them. Oh, I, that was because what if they're actually feeling it and it's, oh, God, that's one. Yeah. But so, what if you're being watched too? Someone's definitely like, watching. So I yeah. mean, like. This is what you, I'm talking about. You need to accept <laughs> the idea of not deep. really having privacy the way you think, huh? Privacy. Privacy is a funny word. I mean, we don't, we already don't have any privacy in our society today, period. There is no privacy. But the funny thing is like, I just heard Mike Tyson talking about it too. He's talking about the ants and how they, um, he was speaking to his wife and explaining how, um, you know, the ants went off and they built all these colonies and interconnected and they did all this in a season, you know, in preparation for winter. And then he's like, and they have no clue. It would take us exponentially longer to do the equivalent. Like, so that kind of ties into how they're on a different time. That may have been like a thousand years to them or something. I don't know. But to us, it's a, it's a season. You know, it's a couple months, a few months, and the ants dig all these channels and connect all these different high uh, mounds and all this. And then he's like, so we're, we're sitting here watching the ants and they have no clue. They have no awareness that we're watching. Canada. So what's that? There's a YouTube channel called Ants Canada where it has all these different, these really easy, big, not all tanks, but you know, containers with ant colonies in them. Oh, okay. No, I and haven't heard like, of it. But anyway, yeah, never mind. But what the you're point is, we're, the point is, we're observing them and they have no conscious awareness of it. They're an ant. Now, they know when we get right up on them and we pick them up or smash them, they know something's going on. But if we're just watching them, they have no clue. They have no, they're in a different world. They're literally in a different world. Right. So who's watching us? That's what it, that yeah. was his question. Well, probably Jesus. <laughs> no, seriously, the Christ consciousness, watching you everywhere. Uh, it's like, uh, what if we're a particle in, uh, in a Petri dish right now? Like I think we're a, yeah, we're a microbe. The highest level of reality in this. Okay. And the law of one, there's these different, uh, densities, seven densities, and then there's different octaves, which are like the same thing on a larger scale. So the what I see it is like you go to the top level of this part of reality is basically like a quark on a level above, and vice versa yeah. going down 
Yeah. Like, so as a fractal. So yeah. we are, in a sense, just sense, and in a way, at least the way I feel like about this awakening with like, at least with loving beings who have awakened or fourth density positively, at least they're not judging judgmental. So you don't have anything to be self-conscious about with beings that aren't judgmental. Well, That's how I comfort myself with it. It depends also how we're being observed because when we observe particles, we can only see so far into it. Oh, yeah, yeah quantum physics. You can't, you can observe the movement, momentum or whatever, or the position. But, see. but that, that's how they can't interfere with us directly. Exactly. Well, they can, but they it, can't. Like, not us. So my thought yeah, is that... but it's like we are like that quantum stuff is, affects their interaction with us. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're the quantum particles of another world in a, a sense yeah in a sense yeah right you know i'm so, gonna have to go pretty soon but if you've got yeah. any particular <laughs> insight you want to finish off with yeah i think the last thing would be in in alignment with this theory you know the microcosm the macrocosm thing we haven't figured out the electron you know we look at we know, we're aware of them but we can't actually observe an electron we can't we, we can measure it, we can know that it's there, but just as some particles gain and lose electrons, it's like the elusive component right. to not finally zooming all the there way There might be different frames of reference because they've looked at the brain and how it looks like clusters of galaxies. So yes. it could and be from our, our universe... frame of reference, it's a brain, but at the same time, it might simultaneously be a universe just from exactly. a different format or something. A different matrices like... of... The, Dimension the atlas, the atlas of uh, an anatomy is the the vertebrae that connects your skull to your spine, basically. And it's the in Greek mythology, you know, atlas. They think people mistakenly describe atlas as holding up the world, but in the actual context, it's described as atlas holds the celestial spheres which huh. would be your brain so of the universe the celestial spheres of the universe so to finish off i think we are the electron i think we are the thing like a whole human civilization the whole mass of intelligent life on a planet is the tiniest particle of an atom or another element that can gain or lose electrons. That's like us traveling or expanding from planet to planet, you know, and how it varies with certain elements. So that's that's my spacey theory. I think we are the electron. And I think if we could, if we weren't limited in our ability to zoom in on this, if we could zoom in all the way on the smallest unit of matter, which would be in this case, the electron. And I'm not speaking about collided and, and broken up matter that breaks into quarks and, and this and that, all these little particles. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the smallest unit of energetic matter, which would be the electron that carries the charge. I think we would see people if we could zoom all the way in on the micro 
scale. Now, I don't know if it's world. exactly like that, but I do think the principle in general is accurate. That that resonates with me. So, so uh, I hope, listener, whether you're an ant, electron, or whatever, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we went all over the place. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. So, um, bye for now. And thanks for coming, Eric. All right, Nick. Thanks for having me. Always enjoy it and look forward to the next one. All right. See ya.